Joe Kissel takes control of iCloud. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust, tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today at collide.com slash macvoices. Mac Voices is sponsored by Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is a talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, already I'm, I'm so happy we have Joe Kissel back so so soon after his last appearance uh, to talk about a new, well, a new edition of a Take Control book. Joe, great to see you. Nice to be here. So we're going to be talking about the newest edition of Take Control of iCloud. Um, but this book represents a little bit of a landmark for you. Yeah, so this is this is the ninth edition of uh, Take Control of iCloud, and it is, it is our first ninth edition of anything. Like it, it used to be. So when I like when I took over running Take Control books back in 2017, I, I did a lot of you know revised the website and stuff, and I'm looking at all the code, and and I realized that that certain things were set up to only work if you have up to five editions of a book, because it was inconceivable. You know, back in 2003, when this is started, that any book would ever get past five editions. So I thought, well, you know, some of our books might, might go beyond that. And I, and I made some changes so that it could accommodate up to, up to 10 editions. And just the other day, uh, I was trying to fix something on the website and I was, and I was looking at a counter and it was like, okay, you have to do this, uh, up, up to 11. I'm like, why, why 11? Why did I say to stop at 11? And then, like uh, you know, following through. Oh, oh, yeah, right. That's because the, the we we figured. I figured at some point when I revised the code that we we would only ever have up to ten editions of something. And so, if you get to eleven, you know, then then looking looking back, one is as, as far you, as you, you could ever go. And uh, and I started realize now. Wait a minute. We just had a ninth edition of a book, so maybe I need to expand or, or expand our system to accommodate a larger number of potential. Uh, previous editions. So, uh, but that just means like we've been doing this for a long time. I mean, to, for, for take control of iCloud to be at a ninth edition and we don't even, it's not like we do a new edition every year. We don't do a new edition and we do a new edition when we need a new edition. And, and in between we have smaller updates. Some years we, we have like a year or two might go by where we don't have any new editions. And then before iCloud, there was uh, mobile me and before mobile me there was dot max so like this is a topic that i've been covering for like a really 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 long time and in fact like when i when i sat down to work on this update i thought it was going to be a pretty small update i because i'm like well what's what's changed recently like in the last year you know venture and ios 16 so like what's changed and i was like well there's it's not that much there's a couple little things and as i started going through the book I'm like, oh yeah, that's changed too, and oh, I forgot about that, and oh yeah, I got to rewrite this chapter, and and that that kept coming up so often that I realized, oh my goodness, we don't have a minor update, we have a new edition here, so so I, I wrote it like, and and Glenn Fleischman edited it, and we went back and forth and made all of our changes, and and Glenn's like, you know, Joe, uh, you brought up some stuff here that I did not realize. Now I got to go update a bunch of my books. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so he updates his books. 
And then he's like, uh, Joe, actually, in the course of updating my books, I realized that we both made a mistake about something in your iCloud book that has changed since that we didn't, neither one of us realized. So now I've got to update it again. Probably, probably the next update, which will be a very, very small one to fix a couple of stupid errors, uh, will be out before this interview is. But it's just like, it's, it's one of those things where it just, it, it's always changing. And you said that you don't do new editions unless you need them. Yeah. And so this means that you needed nine editions of the iCloud book. I, d- does that include the, the dot Mac versions? No, no, no. So just- we had, I would have to go back and look and look through my yeah. archives. You know, we had take control of dot Mac and I, I believe that went through several revisions and, and you know how, how it is with us. Like if we have just like, Oh, there was a stupid typo and we have a little bug fix release, like a version 1.0.1, something like that. And then if there's, some minor changes, like more than just a bug fix level, but still comparatively minor. You know, we have to add a new page here or there or something like that. Then it'd be like a version 1.1. And then if we're like, oh, crap, we had to rewrite half the book or we had to add a new chapter or something like really big, then that would become version 2.0. And that's what we call a new edition. So like the .Mac book went through a bunch of revisions. And then we had the Mobile Me book. And that went through a bunch of revisions. And then we had the iCloud book. And so... Uh, you know, there was like, I, I would, again, I would have to check my list, but there was probably like a version 1.1 and a 1.2. And then eventually we did a second edition version 2.0. And then there have been a whole bunch of updates uh, over the years. And, and now here we are at 9.0, soon to be probably 9.1 because, <laughs> because we're human. Well, the reason I ask, and frankly, I forgot about the mobile me era um, <laughs> of the service, but it, it really does go to show how much of an evolution there has been since dot Mac was released and then through mobile me and now it's iCloud. Um, and so, you know, I'd like to think that it's been a, of a, a, a largely positive, um, evolution. I don't know if you would agree. I, I know yeah. there's still some sore spots, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lar- largely positive. You know, uh, dot Mac wasn't even the beginning. That, that was the first one that we had a book about, but there was a predecessor to dot Mac, which was iTools. Oh, and, uh, I yes. remember, I remember when iTools was announced at Mac world in San Francisco, it was on my birthday, January 9th of I like, I don't even remember it was back when, back when like all of my hair was dark and it was quite a bit longer and I didn't have so many wrinkles. Like it was a long time ago anyways, but I remember like that was my birthday and I got, I, so as soon as the keynote was done, I'm there in my, in, in our, like I was, I was at, uh, at Macworld Expo down in the basement, uh, exhibiting with nicest software. And, uh, I was watching the keynote on a computer and, you know, as soon as the keynote was done, it's like, okay, you know, go, go sign up your iTools account. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can get, you know, Joe at Mac.com. No, no, no. Somebody else had that. It was probably an Apple employee, you know, so I, I got the shortest, uh, the shortest email address I could, which was my initials, JWK. So I've had JWK at Mac.com since, and, um, then that became JWK at me.com and JWK at iCloud.com. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say over the years, uh, the, the journey has not been, has not been linear. Like it hasn't just gone from 
worse to better, there have been a lot of bumps, a lot of, a lot of, you know, oh, Apple adds a feature, adds a feature, oh, removes three features. Oh, adds a new thing, adds a new thing, makes this more complicated, makes this better, makes this worse. So th there's been a lot of that going on. And over the years, Apple has also decided to sort of designate more things as being part of iCloud or as requiring iCloud. And, and there are things that, that aren't even really obvious. Like uh, yesterday, I had to set up a new user account on one of my Macs to test something. And uh, I wanted to just have like a plain vanilla account with nothing configured to, for, for testing purposes. And I, I wanted to turn on Apple Pay to try something. And when I tried to turn on Apple Pay, it said, oh, well, you have to you have to have logged into an iCloud account before you can turn on Apple Pay. I'm like, really? Huh. I didn't like Apple Pay isn't really an iCloud feature, but it sort of relies on your iCloud account. And so there are there's just like a lot of things like that where you don't even realize it's not overtly part of iCloud, but Apple uses that same infrastructure to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, interesting. I did not know that either. Um, you know, because frankly, usually one of the first things I do with any new device, even, uh, even, uh, if I have just a virgin user that I keep for testing or troubleshooting purposes, um, you know, yeah, you log into iCloud yeah. because there's so many things that, you know, can come in or that access. And yeah, so it's just a, a knee jerk thing. Yeah. We have a well. I'm not sure it's a bad habit. I think it's it's good for the listeners. But you know, we often talk about kind of what's wrong with with iCloud at the moment. Um, how about some positive things in this latest iteration? Or hopefully, there are some positive things for, yeah, the, oh, yeah, for, the, for this sure. edition. Um, so, what, what are you seeing? So one of the one of the well, <laughs> I was getting ready to say, oh yeah, here's this positive thing that I realized. Oh crap! There's actually some. <laughs> okay, that's that's life, right? Everything is like that. There's there's the good news and the bad news. Yeah. So what I was going to say was one of the really positive developments is that Apple is optionally encrypting more stuff end to end. Okay, so we've known like forever, iMessages have been encrypted end to end. So that's great. That means that. Uh, whatever conversations you're having with another person, that's just between you and another person. And nobody can snoop on that, not even Apple. So that's that's great. However, uh, if, you, if you turn on iCloud backups for your phone or iPad or whatever, then uh, your iMessages would get backed up as part of that. And because the backups were not encrypted end-to-end, -end, somebody who could get into the backups could also get at your messages. So there were all these little loopholes where stuff is sort of secure, but not as secure as it could be or should be. And there have been well-known incidents where people's data was hacked into because somebody guessed a password or whatever, and, um, and, and information was stolen or, you know, a, a, a government, uh, maybe your government, maybe another government got access to something. So uh, it we, we have we have always been wishing for more types of data to be encrypted. What about those backups? What about your photos? What about, uh, you know, all the stuff in iCloud Drive? What about all these other things? Can Can it all be encrypted, not just in a way that 
you know, encrypted, but Apple can access it, but actually encrypted in a way that Apple can't access it. So several months ago, Apple announced this new feature called advanced data protection. And basically, if you turn on this new feature, then that's what happens is most of the sorts of data that iCloud deals with that weren't already encrypted end to end now are. So that's great. Your backups are now safe and your photos and your, you know, iCloud drive stuff, like all this stuff, almost all the stuff is encrypted end to end now. And so uh, that, that was what I thought was actually going to be the, the marquee feature of this new edition. Like, let's talk about the advanced data protection stuff. So I, I put that in there and I was like, oh, this is great. Let me, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to turn this on. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, <laughs> that, that's when I started realizing there, there are a few little catches. Um, so one catch just universally for everybody, no matter what, is that even if you turn on this feature, it's not going to encrypt your email or your calendars, your contacts end to end. And the reason for that is that in order for email to be encrypted end to end, the person on the other end has to be able to use whatever kind of encryption you use. And since you don't know what kind of email client or system or device somebody else may be using, it's, it's really impossible for Apple to force encryption end to end on email. There are ways it can be done, but it requires cooperation from the other party. And same thing with like mail, with contacts and calendars. These use open standards and lots of different apps and servers support these protocols, but they aren't encrypted by default. And unless all of those servers around the world were to adopt the same kind of encryption, Apple, it's not Apple's problem to make that work. Okay. So that's, that's, you know, caveat number one, but number two is you can't turn this on unless all of your Apple devices are up to date. So all of your Macs, iPads, iPhones, HomePods, Apple TV, Apple Watch. Now, the thing is, in our household, we have at least six devices that are connected to my iCloud account that cannot be updated to run the latest version of their respective operating system. Like I have an old Apple watch that I still use for some things cannot be updated to the latest watch OS. My kids have like my, my one kid has one of my old MacBook pros cannot come anywhere close to Ventura. Another kid has an iPad that cannot be updated to run I, iPad OS 16 and so forth. So the only way I can turn on this feature for myself is to either get rid of all those old devices <laughs> and buy new ones that can support the latest operating systems, which, you know, at a certain point that becomes un unrealistic or uh, disconnect all of those old devices from my account, which means that they could no longer then get at my you know, app store purchases or my, you know, iTunes content or anything like that, which I also don't want to do. So I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there. Also, when I started working on the book, um, the service was only available in the US. They've, they've since expanded to Canada and are working on other countries. But, um, but I, but I discovered this really great thing um, has, has like, 
has a lot of lot of catches. And even if you can get past all that and you turn it on, now you want to go on to the iCloud website for some reason. And oh, wait a minute, you you can't get it, your data there because because it's encrypted end to end. So there is a workaround where Apple, you know, will let you go through this process to give yourself access to some particular type of information, like just your photos or just your iCloud Drive stuff on the website for an hour. But then after that hour is over, that expires and you have to go through the process again. So like, it's, it's great that more security is happening, but there are just, there, there are a frustrating number of gotchas attached to it. And sort of, so that's, that's kind of like how everything is. Oh, that's a, Oh crap. You know? So <laughs> there's just a lot of that going on. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Try it free for 30 days is enough time to try and completely forget about a subscription or service. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription you don't use every single month. With Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. I've lost track of subscriptions and wasted money. I bet you have too. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. That's rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Rocket Money for supporting this week's Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Collide at collide.com slash macvoices. Our sponsor, Collide, has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to learn more or book a demo. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices, collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for their support of macvoices. Okay, so a very specific question and then a very little more general question. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I'm of a vintage that... Um, I have separate iCloud and App Store accounts. So, wh- I mean, I know you. I know that trying to get things, 
transfer between accounts is all but impossible. Right. Uh, you know, you might as well just tell the sun not to come up. <laughs> right. That said, though, if let's just say you had one of those old iPads that you wanted to have a specific application for, you, I mean, could you not disconnect that from your account, create a new account just for that iPad, and then purchase that app so that it basically becomes a single-use machine? I, I mean, I could, but uh, at, a, at a certain point, um, you know, re- repurchasing apps that I've already that I've already purchased under a different account uh, becomes a little onerous. I mean, I'm I'm thinking I'm really thinking of one app in particular that you know we have a kid with disabilities and it's a very specialized app that costs like hundreds of dollars, an iPad oh. app that costs hundreds of dollars, and mm. boy, I would. I would really like to uh, not not like to have to buy that again. So it's that okay. kind of thing. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, like like we all do. I'm trying to think of workarounds. Um, you know, and yeah. And how, I mean, there. Uh, yeah. There, the, 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 there are. There's always a way. It's just can you can you tolerate the consequences of that way? So the. The, the consequences are either going to be inconvenience or expense or both. So, right. you know, like I, as, as with everything, I just got to kind of think through those. So like one, a little, a little aside, tangentially related, since we're talking about app store purchases. So we moved to Canada uh, a little over a year ago and, um, and I, I had like this to-do list of all these things I have to I have to deal with when when moving to another country. And one of those things was, oh, I know at some point I got to switch over my Apple ID account from from like the U.S. store to the Canadian store. And I figured it would be pretty simple, like oh, just switch me to Canada. Well, well, no, you you try to do that, and Apple says, well, you can't do that as long as you have any active subscriptions like you subscribe to Apple One or iTunes Match or you know any additional storage or you have a subscription to an app well as it turns out at the moment that I figured out I I, I couldn't have any active subscriptions before switching my Apple store over I had just I had just renewed my tweetbot uh, annual subscription so this is like February of of 22. And so even though I could cancel that subscription, like I could, I could say, don't renew it basically as far as Apple was concerned, well, you already paid for the year. So even though you've canceled this, we still consider it an active subscription. So you can't, you can't switch your Apple account until that is timed out. So I had to wait a year. I had to wait a year before my Tweetbot subscription ran out (laughs) so that I could switch my Apple uh, you know, store over to Canada. And, and as it turns out, like a week before that deadline, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> the, the whole thing happened with Twitter and Tweetbot went away. So, all right. So I got to do it a week earlier than I otherwise <laughs> would have. But, um, uh, so there, there are all these like hidden, hidden little things. Um, and, and a lot of them just like, they're not, they're not, you would, it would never occur to you until you get in that situation where you actually try to do it. That's, that's really interesting because I've, I've, I know you have too. I have subscriptions that um, if they're a year long 
and you decide to cancel them, some will say, if you cancel now, I mean, regardless of whether you paid for it or not, you're, you're done. You know, right. you, you say cancel now and you're locked out of that account and the capabilities. Um, others apparently like this, you know, they view as, okay, you've paid for it. So whether you're going to use it or not, we will just continue to keep you on board until the end of your period. And yeah. I never really thought, I never really thought about that being considered an active subscription. But that's, that's a, that's yeah. just a good. It- tip. Yeah. I mean, like I didn't even care about the money. Like I didn't want a proactive refund or anything. I just wanted to say, look, I, I want to get out of this. Like I, I can't, I can't use this anymore. And I want to switch to the other thing. Can I switch to the other thing? No, no, no. You can't. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of, most of my subscriptions with Apple were monthly. So, and then those that had been annual, I had previously switched to monthly because I knew this was coming, but I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten about this one. So, and I had, you know, I had set to utter renew. And so, <sighs> yeah. Um, the more general comment question, I guess, uh, because, you know, that's, that, is it a stretch to say that this is because they don't want, if you turn on that advanced protection, that they don't want less than potentially secure devices accessing your iCloud information. If you've shown that much interest in security and privacy, that that represents a threat vector. I I think what Apple would probably say was that we 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 baked the functionality needed to access these end to end encrypted things into operating systems starting with this version. So if if you're still running, you know, watchOS 5 or whatever it was, and that operating system from years ago doesn't have this capability, and we stopped updating that operating system for that device three or four years ago, that would mean that in order for Apple to enable this thing to happen on that device, we would have to go back and update that older operating system. So, so what if they didn't? Then what would happen is that uh, your your old device, although it's still working, things would break on it. Things would break because it can no longer access that data because access to that data requires these newer capabilities that require newer operating systems. So I think I think what Apple would probably say is the calculus is we don't want things to break. We think that would make users unhappy. If you're using an old device, of course, we'd rather you buy, you know, $20,000 worth of new equipment every year. But if you happen to be using a device that's a few years old and it's, you know, beyond the, the point that we support updates for, that's fine. We want you, we want things that are working to keep working as long as possible. And so if you turn on a new feature for your newer devices and then stuff that was working yesterday on your older devices stops working, we think you're going to be unhappy about that. And we would like you to not be unhappy. So we're just going to say you can't do that. There, there are, there are more virtuous interpretations and less virtuous interpretations like there's there's the interpretation that apple just wants you to buy new stuff all the time and like that's not wrong but um i i think in this particular case it's it the the math probably comes down to which which of these approaches will lead to less of less customer upset and less of a customer revolt and i think 
breaking stuff that was working because you've turned on a new feature could could get an get Apple in some trouble. And and you know, like for all I know, there might be legal issues or regulatory issues or something something, something that that you know makes it impossible for Apple to do that. So I don't know. Yeah, and and I mean, I I really respect the fact that you're just not couching it as bad Apple, you know, greedy Apple. Um, that because there's so many of these issues that come up that there are a lot of different interpretations and a lot of different effects and reasons. Um, I mean, part of me is saying, yeah, this is great because they, they're taking privacy seriously and they don't want to compromise the privacy. I also get the fact that I have, I too have older devices that can't be updated and I really am not anxious to have those just shut down on me. So yeah, yeah you know, you just, you got to look at the, you got to look at the big picture. It's, that's like, it's like people that vote on one issue, you know, that's, a little bit narrow. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, so, I mean, well, you said that this was kind of the marquee feature for this book yeah. and for this version of iCloud. Anything else significant changed in there that that yeah, folks well, I have, should I have, go and buy I the book for? I have my list over here that I'm that I'm looking <laughs> over. So, okay. so another okay. thing that happened was, uh, and there's like ten things on this, but another thing that happened was that Apple totally revamped the entire iCloud website. Now, a lot of people like never go to the website. Like we experience iCloud as it's plumbing, right? It's infrastructure. We use email and calendars and contacts and iCloud Drive and all these other features, but we use them on our devices, on our iPhone or a Mac, whatever. And they're just sort of connected to iCloud in the background. And we, we never think about the website. But there is an iCloud.com website, which is which is pretty important for a few reasons. One is you can access most of your iCloud data, and you can even use online, you know, web-based versions of Keynote and numbers and pages there. You can do this if you happen to be away from your Apple devices. Like, you know, your your, your device or devices are lost, stolen, missing, or you're on vacation and you need to do a thing, or you're at the office and you need to do a thing, or, you know, whatever. So if you are in a situation where you cannot access your Apple devices, or you're using somebody else's device and you need to get at your data, that's a way to do it. Or if you aren't, you know, you're not, a, you're not, a, not an Apple device owner, you're a Windows user, or you're a Linux user, you can still have an iCloud account and you can still use a lot of iCloud features, but for some of them, uh, because that capability isn't built into your operating system, you might need to go to the website. And then for everybody, there are a few tasks like dealing with some of your devices and some of your like restoring uh, data that you've accidentally deleted, stuff like that, that, that can only be done on the website. So of course we have a chapter in the book about navigating the uh, the website and all the stuff you can do there, and Apple just totally changed it. So it's very, very, very much different now. So we had to revise that. And for some people, like, it's a big deal because they spend a lot of time on the website. For other people, it's kind of, eh, I go there, you know, once every three years or something like that. So that's that's one thing. Um and then there are there are a bunch of things that are just like oh wow you know iOS 16 changed the steps you go through to share a file or a folder 
uh, Ventura change the steps you go through to share a file or a folder. And that's not, that's not exciting. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's rather tedious because now I got to say, well, if you're using Monterey or earlier, do it this way. If you're using Ventura or later, do it this way. <laughs> but uh, a lot of things like that, you know, sharing files and folders that changed the interface to do that changed significantly. The capabilities are still pretty much the same. It's just the way that you get at them is different. And then things like now you can not only share uh, a, f a photo album in the photos app with somebody else, you can also share an entire photos library with up to five other people. And that's something that, you know, like this was true in, in, in Ventura and iOS 16, iPad OS 16 it is true in the, you know, like we covered it in the photos book, but of course it uses iCloud to do this. So we have to talk about that in the iCloud book as well. Uh, so those are a few things. Joe Kissel is back in the next edition of Mac Voices to finish up our conversation about iCloud and his latest edition of Take Control of iCloud. Specifically, Joe talks about one iCloud feature you probably don't want to use. That's next time on Mac Voices. We'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.